3: Look, if you're an office thief, you're an office thief. It could be a pen. It could be somebody's food out of the refrigerator. That's infuriating right there when you're thinking about it all morning long. Thinking about that lasagna you brought home from last night, leftover lasagna. And it's in the fridge, in the office fridge, and then you go to get it. Somebody's stolen it for shame. It's capital punishment right there, man. So we've got a thief somewhere in this office, and it's been directed at Cassie.
4: And this is worse than I want justice. Now, I've had things go missing before, like wireless keyboards, camera equipment. But in my head, I'm like, that's a bummer. But maybe someone thought it was station equipment and used it and then it just never got returned, you know? Annoying, but I'll deal with it. But this crosses a line. It might be dry January, but I had three bottles of whiskey gifted to me by listeners in a cabinet So you would have to hunt for it in the Burt Show office, and they are missing!
3: Oh, (gasps) wow. This is whiskey we're talking about here. Now it just got serious.
4: I went to look for it in December to pour somebody a drink, and it's gone. Not one bottle gone. Not two bottles, but three missing bottles. Nice bottles
1: of alcohol are gone. All right, so start your interrogation. Start asking people. Well, I don't know who it could be. You ask everybody, and then you have to read their body language.
3: You think it's somebody here on the staff?
1: I don't know. I, it has to be. I Who else is going to be in that office? Well, Listen. when
3: we leave, that office is open for anybody here, right? No,
1: not, no. no. Literally, only Burt Show staff goes into Tracy's office, but or the, what the, used to be Tracy's office. The door is open,
4: because that's where my stuff has been taken from in-studio before. So, it could be anyone, but it would be very sus to have somebody who's not on Burt Show staff go into Tracy's office, mm. open. open the black cabinet, which used to sit in the production studio, and then... Take that stuff out, which I used to have a note on it that said it was Cassie's, and then take mm-hmm. off.
3: Three bottles. Three, three.
4: bottles
3: Ooh. at it, different times, or they just swiped all three at the all same gone. time?
4: All three are gone. Now I will say we've moved When some, was the last time you saw them? God, it's been a while because we did restructure and move some stuff around. Like the cabinet I mean, was emptied out, we moved offices. But I cannot find it in any of the boxes. It is gone, gone. So I don't know if the people who moved it took it and helped themselves, but those bottles have been there. I've been saving them for years at this point, like pre-my-daughter's-birth wow. bottles.
3: Huh. Okay. Well, I think the Christian thing to say is, well, honey, somebody needed that whiskey more than you did. <laughs> <laughs> they could have so. had
4: one bottle. They still would have been two left. <laughs>
2: you didn't have to take all That's ridiculous. Cassie, is it a possibility that you have a problem and you don't remember drinking?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. With dealing with you guys, it is
5: very
3: possible. Uh, three bottles of whiskey.
5: Bert, did you take the bottles? I
3: swear, no.
0: Abby, no, did you take a the Tito's bottles? drinker anyway. Yeah.
5: Admittedly, I am a whiskey drinker. However, I have not had alcohol since December 2nd, so it's a no for me
3: me uh, so she you know what she's doing is she's stacking it for when she does she's putting <laughs> <it in. laughs> mm. no, did you
1: take the bottles
3: i'm
2: a tequila guy through and through okay mm.
1: i love how people are saying no i didn't take it you're just like that's not what i drink
2: and i wouldn't have taken all three i only took one i'm smarter than that <laughs> See,
4: that's nice of you
3: how about all three being taken a re-gift though like maybe somebody was using them as gifts well, well, why'd you been think of that so quickly? one
4: had been opened hmm? and st- like, started to be drank already.
3: Oh, really? So somebody drank it in the office? No,
4: no, no. Like, well, I used to use them during, like, podcast tapings or, like, if I had my Real Tall Tales co-host come, like, we would have a drink and it would be from that stash, Uh which is why they were, if you're wondering why I keep alcohol at work, it's for afternoon tapings. It's not to pour in my coffee at 5 a.m. So it had already been opened.
3: Was Romeo still here at the time? <laughs> mm. So that's the thing. I don't remember
4: when I've last saw them. It's been months because obviously I don't uh-huh, drink at work, uh-huh. so I don't need it that
1: often. Yeah. So they could have been missing for months you and I wouldn't know. You can't accuse somebody of something if they're not here to defend themselves.
3: That's the best time. <laughs> mm. was, it, was
2: it top shelf stuff?
4: Yeah, it was nice. It was what, it was nice. What were stuff. the brands? I don't even remember because they were gifts from listeners. Wow. Have you checked
2: because I know one time we emptied out that cabinet. Mm-hmm. and put stuff, like, in a bunch of bins and stuff I that went, are in there? I
4: went through all the bins. Oh. Yeah, I was. So How about rough. the
2: desk drawers?
4: Yep, I went through all the... I rifled oh, through no. everything, because I was like, surely they're here. Surely, three little bottles of whiskey, not little, big bottles of whiskey, didn't just yeah. boop a doop a walk off by themselves, but they did. Don't we have security cameras in here somewhere where you can,
5: like... You can't uh... even get heat in this studio. <laughs> 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 you
2: I mean, we don't, like don't even have bins.
3: It's true, man. <laughs> so, what is the temperature in here right now, Anna?
5: It is currently... As I'm the Burt Show weather girl, it is 64.2 degrees right now.
3: And this is a warm day in here. Yeah. I think those yeah. cameras in the hall, by the way, are plastic and hollow. I don't <laughs> they think they're really really And those
1: were. got added recently, so that would have been probably pre. Yeah. All I'm saying theft. Is if
4: you took the bottles, I don't need to know. You can just replace it with a really nice bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. That's fine. Okay. That'll be fine. Ooh. All right.
3: Romeo, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week on the Breakup Breakdown, this is Abby's podcast. Man, if you like drama, if you like the Burchos drama, drama, oh, you got to listen to Breakup Breakdown. This is drama every week about the worst breakups you've ever heard.
5: Oh, my God. Yeah. And this week I had a story about somebody whose mom slept with their husband. It is... I say this every time I get a dramatic story. I'm like, oh, my God, I never thought I would have this kind of story on the podcast. But I literally never thought I would have something as crazy as somebody's literal mother having an affair with her
1: husband. Is there anything worse? Like, is there anything like affair? You're going to get cheated on, right? Your husband is going to cheat on you. Like, your sister's bad. Your best friend's bad. Like, a fellow coworker bad but your mother like it- is there anything worse than your significant other cheating on you with your mother
2: Whee! i don't think so that's the worst that's i, don't, rock I bottom. think I, yeah i don't grandmother. think grandmother gets- yeah, that's worse. <laughs> I don't know why. Is it worse? Yeah. Come, grandmother? Yeah. Come <laughs> yeah. on, man.
1: It is worse. <laughs> maybe,
5: maybe your father, because then you're learning some things that maybe you didn't yeah. know before so, okay. about both people.
3: Okay, so it could always be worse. It
5: could always be worse. <laughs> so that'll be next season on the podcast. But as for now, that we're just at this level with somebody's mom um, having an affair with the husband. But anyway, oh. as a backstory as to what happened, so it was this girl. I found her story on TikTok and she came on my podcast to like, give us the full details. But it was her high. High school sweetheart she met this guy when she was like 15 and they dated for years and ended up getting getting married at like 19 super super young because that's just how you know they did it. they didn't go to college they are ready to become full-on adults and where a lot of the tension in their relationship began was they were having some fertility struggles and then they eventually were able to have their babies and they had twins because um, they had to go through IVF and so they're their family lived really close by, so the grandma's coming over to help take care of the babies, and the mom is coming over to help take take care of the babies, and all of a sudden, the mom is just hanging around for no reason. I mean, she's there, like, 24-7 to the point where she's like, you know, I know I have these newborns, and I need all the help that
1: I can get, but you can go. Like, you can literally go home to your own, li- to your own life, and... Um- when you say mom, you mean grandma to the, the twins. Uh, grandma to the twins, yeah. yes. Oh, okay. So...
5: You know, the mom is coming over and saying, hey, I know you got to go run these errands. So why don't you leave the house and... Go get the formula or the baby food or whatever you need. And so she's thinking really nothing of it. She's thinking, well, I really have to take care of my preemie twins and I have to drive, you know, hours to go get breast milk from some mom whose breast milk I had to buy on Craigslist. So she's driving two hours, coming back, and everything seems fine. And then all of a sudden her grandma is the one that noticed things first. She went to to the mom of the twins and said, hey, have you noticed that your husband and your your mom, they kind of have, they're a little touchy-feely, right? Like, he's calling her precious, and it's just, like, this weird sort of intimacy when they enter the room together. She's like, you know what? Actually, I have noticed it, but that would be crazy, right? Like, that that could never happen. Like, not, there's no way that my mom and my husband are sleeping together, so right? they
2: weren't necessarily hiding it.
5: Well... They weren't hiding it well.
3: Uh-huh. It's like and they're the, hiding out in the open like a toddler does when you're playing hide-and-seek, and they just jump on the couch thinking, they'll never look here. <laughs> yeah. no, but then <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, this is so messed up because it's the twins' great-grandma uh-huh. who's coming over to help, and she she goes to her granddaughter to be like, I think my daughter, your mother, is sleeping with your husband. <sighs> like, that's who's the whistleblower in all of this. Oof. And this is how you know the universe is looking out for you. Universe,
5: God, whoever you think this is. But the day that they have that conversation, the day that the grandmother comes to the mother of the twins and says, hey, I think you and your, your husband and your mom are, you know, get a little mm. uh, uh. that day she comes home and she calls her husband. She says that they FaceTime usually right before he goes um, to do some door dashing to make some money, um, some extra money to support their, you know, new babies. And she noticed that he says that he's driving, but he's parked. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he has the the phone propped up on um, like a windshield GPS holder thing. So his hands are on the wheel. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm driving. But she noticed that he is parked in front of a movie theater that's like about five minutes down the road from them. And he's saying, oh, I'm in the next town over doing door because it's more busy over there and I'm going to make more money. And she's like, what is going on? And so then she can hear somebody in the background of the car of the call. And she's like, who is that? And he goes, Oh no, it's nothing. And he ends up hanging up. And so of course now she's in her head. She's like, wait, I think I have proof. She calls her family that lives down the street and she calls her sister. She says, Hey, is mom home? And the sister reveals that her husband had driven by their family's house to pick up the mom to go door dashing together. So then she calls the husband back. (sighs) He won't answer. He finally answers, and she's like, show me who's in the passenger seat. So he flips the phone. Nobody's in the passenger seat. And she goes, I know my mom is with you. Get her back in the car. I want to have a confrontation. And if you want to hear what happened. (laughs) You can head to the Abby Murphy on Instagram. Check out the breakup breakdown. It's linked to my bio. It's the episode I released. This week. So it's like one of the first two. She's
3: learning so well.
5: I know. I'm so proud.
3: Very well done. Very well done. Uh, Legally, I have to tell you guys that the breakup breakdown is part of the Pioneer Network, which is one that I own. All right. Again, you can find it on any platform. This is The Bird Show.
5: All right, moving on. Abby,
3: you want to give singles a pat on the back. You know, some people just don't understand how hard it is out there.
5: Yeah, I do. So, over the weekend, I had posted this TikTok that had really resonated with me and a lot of my single girlfriends. And so, I decided, you know what? I have a lot of single girls that follow me. I'm going to share it and see if it resonates with them as well. And to my surprise, my DMs flooded after i posted it every like every dm that i opened was the same remark of oh my gosh this hit me right where it hurts this is exactly how i feel i wish people that have been out of the single game for a long time could acknowledge some of the struggle that comes with being a single person out in the world and not having a partner to rely on so i'll share the clip with you and then i will continue to talk about (laughs) why it just really (laughs) hits so hard with singles This one's for all the single girls out there because we don't hear this nearly enough.
0: If you're going to work every day, then coming home and cleaning your own house, cooking your own meals, paying your own bills, I want you to know how proud of you I am. No partner to split rent with or to bring you coffee in bed or cook dinner for you when you've had a horrible work day or build furniture together or remind you that you did in fact blow that candle
5: out. I know so many women who have jumped from relationship to relationship, never truly stopping to be single for any extended period of time. And I think it's because of fear, but they'll also never know how rewarding it is.
1: I got very distracted by the saxophone. I know, know. I I, I, I didn't
3: think. (laughs) I (laughs) did not. I
5: promise being a single girl does not come with a jazz quartet. (laughs) There is not a saxophonist following me around my apartment. But this video is like this girl, you know, she's trying to have one of those aesthetic type of cleaning videos where she's tidying up her little apartment (laughs) and she's cooking dinner for herself. And it makes it, it almost romanticizes how it would look to be single. But really, it's like me at 2 a.m. on a Saturday eating Ben and Jerry's. Like, it's not cute. (laughs) But I was listening to this and it really hit with me, especially this week because I've had so many small instances of being like, like, oh crap moments. Like I'm out here by myself. And if this had actually happened, I would be screwed because I'm out by myself. So a couple of things that had happened was like, I had like, pulled a muscle and I literally couldn't walk in my apartment for, like, a good solid five minutes. I thought, shoot, out here by myself, no one here to support me. When I was in the cold plunge earlier this week and I thought I was gonna drown, I thought, shoot, (laughs) out here by myself, no one out here to pick me up if I fall. And I kind of just feel like that all the time. And I know so many of my single girlfriends feel that way, just in the small moments of, like, when you come home from work and you're starving and there's nothing but, like, Unbaked chicken and a bag of salad in the fridge, <laughs> and not only are you sitting in your apartment by yourself alone, I'm making it sound horrible. But it's not really that bad. Are.
2: Yeah, Mo is saying <laughs> this. Mo is thinking this is glorious. <laughs> yeah, my single experience has been very different than I think most people's single experience. I, I, I have, en- I enjoyed being single so much that I'm struggling to transition into being in a relationship. And like, she doesn't even live in the same city, st- and it's still a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't feel like I have enough space to myself. <laughs> Baby, I need a little more space. I know you're in New York right now, but
3: can you? Move to Maine. Yes. <laughs> a
2: more distance, please. Why
5: not move across the ocean? Like, what? what's keeping her back from going to Europe?
2: A boat, probably. That's <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
5: but I just had so many people feeling the exact same way of, like, you have to do so much for yourself all the time. And nobody recognizes the small moments that you constantly have to. Like, domestic labor is for real. Like, we've talked about that on the show before, about how that's, like, a complete job in itself. And so, really, like, you go to your job, work from 9 to 5 or whatever your hours are, and then you come home and you have your own job of taking care of yourself, maybe your cat like me, <laughs> and your apartment and feeding yourself. It's like having two full time jobs. And
3: there's no part of you that loves that.
5: There's a part of me that loves being alone, but it does get a little exhausting. Like I love I'm an introvert, so I like being by myself. I don't have a problem coming home to an empty apartment sometimes, but Sometimes it would be nice to walk through the door and have somebody ask you how your day is. Someone be like, oh, I picked up dinner for us because
1: you really are out here doing everything for you. It doesn't bother you to be alone, but occasionally it feels lonely.
5: It feels a little lonely. And it does, I think, add to just kind of the everyday exhaustion of your responsibilities and the work because there's nobody out here really supporting you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to do everything. And sometimes there's a freedom in that, but sometimes it really is like... (sighs) <sighs> it's just so, you. sometimes it would just be nice to have a, a man to <laughs> ask me how my day is <laughs> and to ask me if I want to go get dinner so I, I think a lot of women out there felt the exact same way when I shared this mm-hmm. because Every message that I got said, you know, it would be really nice. So I almost feel like we should all form some kind of like commune Mm. Uh where we all just rotate (laughs) being partners for each other. (laughs) Did you see
1: the girlfriends who did that? No. Yes. There there are like, I think like six girlfriends or something like that. And they bought this. They all went in together, bought this huge house and they have like their little girlfriend commune compound. And they each have different days that they're responsible for a dinner. Um, so they do mm. that cooking for that night for everybody, and they alternate, like, responsibilities, but it's just, like, six girlfriends living the dream in their girlfriend house.
4: Really? I mm. have a friend of a friend who they both went through, uh, well, she went through a divorce, and her best friend went through a divorce, so they took their kids and moved in together. Oh, my gosh. This is like a Barbie dream wow. house. Really? Not, Takes a village not for a, sure. Yeah, not a relationship. Yeah. They're just best friends, but they're like, you know what? We know each other the best. Our kids are friends. This didn't work out, so we're going to be each other's, yeah, village
5: essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a good credit score, hit me up. We could go on a house
3: together. This is The Bird Show. Told you guys, I'm a short dude. I'm five foot four, right? So if I drop my phone, it's only like two and a half feet to the <laughs> ground, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that thing shatters and busts, and I can't use it anymore, okay? That's mm-hmm. only two and a half feet. So, how is it possible that they found the cell phone um, that came out of that? that Amer- uh, that uh, Alaska Airlines flight the other day where the door got ripped off, right? They found a cell phone sit- that fell from 16,000 feet and it was in perfectly good order. It's
1: Whoa. all about how it hits, man. It's all about <laughs> yeah. how it yes. hits. it was usable. It's still <laughs> no usable. Way. I swear, man. Where'd they find strange. it?
3: Uh, it, it was, Well, two of the things they found in like peop- randomly in people's like backyards.
4: Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, well, I catch. don't know
2: why this matters. Was it in grass? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't
4: know. Did you, it was actually open and working on yeah. and it was open to an email from Alaska Airlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? But it is how it hits. My friend has a PhD in micro crack fracture analysis or something <laughs> and his whole job is testing how it hit like things glass breaks at different <laughs> stress points and so yeah it totally survived the
1: fall
3: from wow. sixteen thousand feet survived and was still working wow crazy right? that's insane
1: <laughs> and the fact that it had an email pulled up to alaska <laughs> Airlines. Uh-huh. <laughs> all
3: right so while uh, mo was on vacation he didn't sign up for this but some old dude decided to like school him about his generation
2: he did uh i, I don't know what it is about me but when i go out for some reason it happens often I always find that strangers love to tell me, like, their deep, dark secrets. <laughs> and I have no idea why. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that I'm normally quiet. When I'm out in social settings, I'm kind of to myself, just doing my thing. And somehow, someway, a conversation will always start with someone. And maybe they think I'm a vault. Maybe they think because I, won't, I don't say much that I won't say anything. But they just start telling me their secrets. And I never thought I would hear a guy actually say something like what this man said to me out loud. But he told me we were sitting there and he's in Dubai by himself, which is kind of how the conversation started. Because I thought that was interesting. I'm like, what brought you all the way to Dubai by yourself? And he tells me, well, it's a long story. So at first, we don't start talking about it. We kind of just talk about life and eventually he asks me what I do for a living and I tell him. So when he finds out that I'm in radio, ironically, he wants to share his story. He's like, well, I think I got a story you may have never heard. And I'm like, I doubt it, bro. Like, I, I you've heard it all after a few years in radio. And he's like, nah, I don't think you've heard this one. So he said, you asked me why I'm in Dubai by myself. And I said, yeah. And he said, I left my wife because she won't let me cheat on her. It's literally because what he said. she won't let me cheat on her. Okay?
1: I, so I, I think that's a legitimate reason to leave somebody. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. True. <laughs> right? So, and
2: you wouldn't be cheating if you got the green light. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. So... He breaks it down to me, and all of this started because I had made a joke about um, how his generation failed us as men, because I had a shirt on that had um, happy wife, happy life crossed out, and then underneath it, it had happy spouse, happy house. Mm. And he liked my shirt. Mm. and He was like, I really like that shirt. And so I had made a joke about how, um, I'm like, yeah, that happy wife, happy life thing, I'm like, your generation of men, just let that fly. Like, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to say that our happiness actually matters a little bit too. So then he laughs, and he's like, that's when he starts to go into his story of, you know, if I'm going to be honest with you, when I was happiest in my relationship was when I was cheating. So I'm like, wait, what? This is, you're serious. I thought he was joking at first. He's like, nah, man, I'm really serious. And I think you should talk about it because I think a lot of men would actually feel this way, but they'd never say it. They're terrified to say it. But I know plenty of men who feel like me that were happier, happiest. In their marriage,
3: when they had a side piece, hundred percent. Okay, is there any dude listening willing to go on the voice disguiser and confirm that you were a better husband when you were cheating?
1: No, he didn't say he was a better husband.
2: He he does say that.
1: He, he says he's better. He was. It's one thing to be happier in your relationship. It's another thing to think you're a better husband.
2: He said both. Okay. So, so once he so because I was interested and I asked him to break this down to me. What he said was in the beginning of their relationship, it was it was normal. After they got married, he got bored. He got he got complacent. He just it just wasn't the same for him. When he had a woman, another woman that he could go to and express himself and have whatever situation they were having, feel wanted, right, desired, mm-hmm. wanted all of the things, it just made him a happier person, which in turn made him a better husband. He was nicer to his wife. I know this sounds crazy, but this is what he's telling me. He was a better man. He was more patient. He was all of these things. And he never wanted her to know that he was cheating. But eventually she found out. And when she found out, he stopped. And he, took, he just wasn't the same person. What a quitter. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he gave up on it. And he, he was, like, miserable in his marriage. He just wasn't the same person. And he was trying. He was going to therapy. He said he was trying to find a way to be that same guy. But he just couldn't do it. So he started cheating again. And he didn't tell his wife. And then he realized he was happy again. And his marriage was like the best it had ever been in the times that he was cheating. So once she kind of put two and two together, like, Mm. are you cheating on me again? You're too happy. Exactly. (laughs) He got to the, he was like, I didn't really want to hide it anymore. And he thought that she would react to it with like, well, if this is what you got to do to be happy, then do what you got to do. I just don't want to, I don't want to know about it. Mm -hmm. She said that at first, but then after a while, she couldn't do it anymore. And she was like, I'm done with this. And then he was like, well, I think I have to leave because he genuinely felt like a, a little bit of cheating was making his marriage mm. better for him and his wife. All right, so let me ask a
3: question to two people then. All right, we're looking for a dude to go on The Voice Disguiser and say, yeah, I was a better husband and I was happier when I was cheating. one 855 Burcho. And then I think we should look for the woman that said... He was a better man, a better father, and a better husband to me when he had a side piece, so I allowed it to happen.
1: You found your woman.
3: One eight five five 855 She's here already.
1: Yep. All right.
3: We'll call her Jessica, and she is on The Voice Disguiser. Hey, Jessica. Hey. Good morning. Okay, so he was a better man when he had himself a side
6: piece. So, yeah. um, I mean, you guys have talked about, like, situationships before and stuff like that, um, but I... Have been in a situation ship and like we called a situation ship, but like we live together and he goes and does his thing every once in a while and then it works out. <laughs> Everybody's happy and it just is how it is. I don't do anything, but he does, and that's just how how our relationship has worked. How did this deal get struck? Um, so a long time ago, um, we were official, and then it just was one of those things where like you're constantly arguing, constantly bickering, and. I learned some things about him and it once I knew and knew that he was still coming home to me, it was just one of those things that it just works. It's not all the time. It's every once in a while. Um, but I mean, and then, you know, we'll go some years where it's none at all. So it just kind of depends.
3: <laughs> Does he sort of let you know when that is happening or you just can feel it?
6: Um, Both. Before it was, I could feel it. Now it's kind of, if it happens, but it hasn't happened in a really long time here lately. So it's just been one of the, it just works.
3: And you don't feel like you take any shots at your self-esteem because he's good to you. And this is just physical with somebody else.
6: Yeah. And the generation we live or the, the day and age we live in, I mean, at least from where I'm from, no one's faithful. It's, I would rather know than not know if that makes sense. And where I'm at in my life, I'm focused on my career and that's just how it works.
3: So, so long as it's physical with somebody else and he doesn't get emotional or tied to her, then it's okay.
6: Yeah, he is one of those that can shut it off. Um, so, it is like, you know, doing the dirty is just doing the dirty and that's it. Yeah. It's nothing more. Hey, if it works so for like,
3: you, works for you.
1: Are you ever concerned he might catch feelings for from one of his
6: escapades? Um, uh, That definitely has crossed my mind. Um, and it's one of those things that I've also, we've also sat down and been like, all right, if you do like, just tell me cause we'll end it and we'll move about our ways and we'll go our separate ways and make it work.
3: So I'm curious if you came to him with the same deal and mm-hmm. said, Hey, you know what? I think I'd be happier too. So I'm going to try this from time to time. What's his reaction going to be?
6: His reaction is he wouldn't like it, but he couldn't be mad at me for it. If that makes sense.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you for calling.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, whatever works for you.
3: That mm-hmm. would not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good morning. Oh, hold on a second. My bad. Am I going to three or two, Tommy? Either one. Tim, what's going on? Hey, how y'all
7: doing?
3: Good. How are you? Uh,
7: I'm okay. You got me on the voice, disguise, right? Sure, yes,
3: did. <laughs> Heck yeah. Double voice disguise.
7: <laughs> You're up? talking like Alvin the Chipmunk right now, man.
3: <laughs> what's up, my dude?
7: Uh, I was, have been married, still married, 30 years. And there was a period for about nine years where I uh, was cheating on my wife, and I was much better as a husband and much better as a father uh, when it was going on.
1: Why do you think that is? Like, can you get to the bottom because of what
7: made—go ahead. Yeah, I eventually understood that there was a, a period where—, we, where we had kids and work pressure, and you're know, building a family, and all these things were going on, and there was always a lot of pressure. When I was in a situation where I was dealing with the outside person, there was no pressure. You could function freely, you could speak freely, you didn't have to be concerned about the, you know, about everything. There wasn't all this weight on your shoulders. So you, could, when you could have a, a place to go and release all that stuff, you could go and let it all go. And when I, when I went home, I was able to pay more attention to my wife because I didn't feel pressured by everything. I was able to be better to my kids because you didn't feel like you had to be on, on, on eggshells all the time. You didn't have to be the very best version of yourself because nobody can be the best version of themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. What? And you didn't have to be that. And after a while, you get to a point where I hate to call it a phase, but for me, I think that's what it was. You kind of grow through it. I mean, look around every day, and one day I sat down with the jump off, and I told her, hey, you know, this has been great, but I think I need to move. I think I need to, to get back reinvested in, in where I was before. She was like, you know, at some point in time we knew it was going to come. You do the thing one more time, you dab it up because it was great, and then you get on down the road.
2: <laughs> so you stopped because you wanted to? You didn't, you didn't eventually get caught?
7: No, 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 I didn't, didn't get caught. I, you just kind of grow through the front and grow. The way you ease into that kind of thing, for me, you ease into it. It's not something you purposely get into. You just kind of slide into it and, and you're cognitive of what's going on and you get to a point where, like all phases, you kinda, it kind of passes and you, you, you understand and you learn why. For me, I learned why and I understood why. And no therapy, no, you know, I kept my secret. She kept the secret The one or two other people who, who knew, never said anything. And we moved on, and it's been, you know, seven or eight years since then. And, like I said, because I understood how I got there, you know, you kind of grow out of it. And, you know, and I was better during it, and I'm significantly better afterwards.
1: Tim,
0: man, I mean, you're married with kids. Where would you find the energy to cheat? <laughs> I'm just too tired to do all that. <laughs> Hey, y'all. It's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all, and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and the Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
3: Listen, it's the Bird Show. All right, before we get into the email, if it's morally wrong to have an OnlyFans, if you're in some certain professions like nurse, teacher, police officer, we'll get into that in a second. I have been trying to get to this for a week now. It won't take very long. But, man, I was surprised. Wow, was I surprised. So I have two sons, and at one point or another, they were both 8, 9, 10 years old. And I've had dudes over to the house 9, 10 years old when they were celebrating their birthday and having parties. And, you know, they get a little out of hand, the dudes. A lot of energy, run around a little bit, hit each other with a baseball bat. and like- <laughs> <laughs> Don't boys have
1: sleepovers, right? Yeah. Yeah, for
3: yeah. Sure. And it's usually... Um, it really does consist of like being in the backyard, just running around, playing soccer, literally hitting each other with a wiffle ball bat, yeah. <laughs> uh, then playing video games and go to sleep. That sounds it. about right. That's it. Mm-hmm. So last week uh, we had a party for Tiffany's daughter, Eliza, nine years old. She had, man, what Tiffany went over the top with this party. She did such a great job. She uh, redid our basement so it looked like there was a movie premiere going on. So and it was a um, it was a mystery party like somebody had stolen the Academy Award so all these girls had to figure out exactly who stole it based on this uh, a bunch of hints that were manufactured by somebody else in a box okay, okay. Got it. so anyway so there are twenty girls in our basement all right and I knew the party was getting lit for them because they're all singing Taylor Swift at the same time <laughs> that's fine right, it's kind of loud there uh it's just. The screaming never stopped with these girls. Two and a half, three hours. First, they're singing Taylor Swift. Then, they're going on to Morgan Wallen. I mean, and then three fourths of them leave, leaving seven of the girls at the house. I had to remove myself because (laughs) it was so loud and so frantic.
1: And so ear piercing.
3: And so ear piercing. Over and over. They didn't stop till one in the morning. The party was over at nine. Four hours of screaming, (laughs) hanging out, having the time of their lives. I literally had to say to Tiffany, like, you're on your own on this one. (laughs) I'm out of here. It's not even close. It wasn't even
1: close. Do you know what, like, they were so jacked about or what they were screaming about?
3: I think this is fairly common because... Listeners were telling me in my DMs, like, yeah. oh, you just wait. You've never had a girl sleepover like this before? Uh-huh. You're not getting any sleep tonight. I'm like, oh, shut up. I've done this with boys before. Way worse. Not even close, you guys. The girls were, wh- I mean, nothing went wrong and they weren't out of hand or anything. No. They are mm-hmm. just being nine-year-old girls. I literally had to leave the house. I would not have guessed it. Dude, I literally had to walk down the street. <laughs> it was so loud. And it just wasn't this group of girls. That's what to expect.
1: Now, you know, I have to ask you the question. That I've asked you before, did you alter your sleeping habits because you had, um, because there was a sleepover? What do you mean? Because normally don't yeah. you sleep in the nude? You sleep
3: butt naked. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, but it wasn't calculated. I just think I... Forgot (laughs) (laughs) But that's a really good point Because at any point They could just walk It's happened before Yes I told you guys before That's why I brought it up (laughs) again Eliza's Had like a friend or two over And in the morning They thought it'd be really funny To go wake Bird up So they come running in the room At eight in the morning And luckily (laughs) I'm under sheets But I'm naked Uh And I was in a panic So I literally said to them Like you guys need to get out of here I have no clothes on They're like Ah and <laughs> <laughs> ran out of there. All right, to the email here. Is it morally wrong to have an OnlyFans it,
2: uh, on certain professions? Moe's got the email. Hey, Bird Show. I saw a debate on Facebook and would love to hear what you guys think. One of my friends posted where a teacher was found to have an OnlyFans account and said friend stated he felt the teacher should have higher morals. I personally have an OnlyFans account only because my boyfriend and I were having issues, where he would lock himself in the bathroom, or wait until I left for work, or would choose to watch videos instead of being with me.
1: Mm, well, you need to work on that. Yep. Wait,
2: wait I, hold on a second. So,
3: rat. So she gave him something to look at rather than him looking at strangers. Is that the does, motivation
1: behind the only I I don't I don't know.
3: I mean, she just could have done that and you, w-
2: without video, she could have just got naked in front of the dude. Right? Maybe she's saying that, but since he's doing that, then I'm going to do it also. Yes. Oh, to okay. piss you off.
1: Yeah, All right, exactly. Okay. All
2: right. When I found this out, I asked if there was something I needed to do to change this, and he stated that he just likes it. He agreed to stop choosing it over me, but didn't follow through. So I told him that if he was able to watch it, then I was able to post it.
1: Oh, there's Damn. the rub.
2: Yep. Uh-huh. He told me if I made an account, I would be single. It was a brief argument about double standards, but once I sent him proof of my account, he decided that it wasn't worth it and has started being more affectionate towards me again.
1: I think once you've hit that point,
2: you
1: might be at a point of no return.
2: Right, it's a petty party. 100%. Now, my thing is, to go back to my friend's post, he states it's a moral issue. However, how did they find out? A parent? because if that's the case then how is it okay for the parent to not have the same morals when it's their responsibility to raise their child with said morals another teacher again if they can look why can't we post
1: i mean she brings up a valid value you know are a, they the same a valid argument i mean yeah if you're if you're seeking that out you're the reason why there is a market for that, and people are posting okay. it. Yeah, I can see that. And That's so, fair. It, yeah. I mean, you found it. You were looking at it. So I think, yeah, they're they're one and the same.
2: You can't say anything if you're looking. No. Not at all. I'm a nurse. Does my OnlyFans mean I am not as able to care for you or your loved one? In fact, I have never been fired from a job, received a compliment or write-up. Complaint. Complaint. I am told almost daily from my bosses that they appreciate the work I do and the care I give. I'm the one they choose to train, new employees, and they tell me I should look into furthering my career. Why should all of that change because of what I do on my personal time? What are your opinions on this? P.S. My OnlyFans is now inactive, and I got my point
3: across. So it's funny that this email came in today because I know there's a story circulating this morning of a police officer that pulled over some rando i think it was in minneapolis and the dude looked at the police officer and is like i know you from your only fans so uh i don't think the police officer got in trouble or anything Mm-mm. but the dude said like i can't take this cop seriously because <laughs> i am looking at her <laughs> on only fans so in that case, he was, like, all credibility out the window. I don't see it that way.
1: I don't either. Um, like, if you found out one of your kids' teacher, teacher had an OnlyFans account, would you think less of them?
3: <laughs> At his Catholic school. Yes. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, would I think less of the teacher?
1: Yes. Would you think they are less capable of teaching your child because they have an OnlyFans account?
3: No. Um... Because he does go to a very strict ca- Catholic school, though, it would be an interesting dilemma on that
1: level. I'm sure the school has the, mm-hmm. those stipulations sure. with their teacher's contracts that sure. you can't do anything that they deem immoral.
3: But would I view the teacher differently? Like, it's going to be, there's less credibility? Mm-hmm. Because the teacher
2: is on OnlyFans? Absolutely not.
1: Listen, I know what teachers make. Do yeah. what you got to right. do. Right. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Right. 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 I I'll be honest. I I may feel like a hypocrite here because I I would never judge someone. I don't think it matters what you do on your personal time, and I don't think you should be judged for it. But if someone came to me and was like, you know, you needed to hire a lawyer or something,
1: yeah,
2: and they had an OnlyFans, mm. I might look at it a certain way. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> if the lawyer had an OnlyFans, uh-huh. yeah,
2: If it, if the
3: lawyer yeah. that he is defending Mo has an OnlyFans, I I, I can see what you're saying. I don't
2: know that I would choose that lawyer.
1: Really? I don't
2: know. Huh?
3: I I i can't put my finger on it but i can see what he's saying you know like i don't i don't know why
1: but a nurse fine teacher fine but a lawyer
3: (laughs) 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 get it the bird show it's abby's fault that i got sucked in to Saltburn this weekend (gasps) you watched it i hate you i hate you um so in our bonus content that we cut after the show Abby was giving us very specific descriptions on the naughtiest and nastiest parts of Saltburn, which is on our uh, bonus content, which comes out today. <clears throat> um, I haven't gotten to those parts yet.
5: How? They're literally like 45 minutes in.
3: Because I, I watch it while I'm in the gym on the bike, and I hate being on the bike. <laughs> um, but knowing, well, first of all, in our bonus content, I want to warn you, she tells us everything. We now know how the whole thing ends. So I'll give you that warning if you're listening to it today. But just knowing the scenes are coming up that you described – made me hate you consistently on the bike.
5: I'm just a little concerned that after <laughs> hearing me describe it in graphic detail that you chose to watch this film in public
3: <laughs> with that the is, possibility barely, of other
5: people around. That's that is is fact.
3: That is a really really good point. <laughs> but and my son walks in the house yesterday and he's like, "Hey, have you been watching Saltburn?" I'm like, "Yeah, have you?" And, he, and he's like, Oh, gross. So, yeah, he's been watching all. It feels like everybody I've been knowing has been watching it.
1: It's the only reason I watched it. I wanted to be in with the kids. Well, and when that guy got nominated last night at the Golden Globes and I saw his face, that's all I can see.
3: (laughs) <laughs> I can't <laughs> look at it the same just way. your Never.
1: description of what went down. <laughs> All
3: right, so our bonus content is released every Monday. We do talk about salt burn, and there are a lot of spoilers in there. And Mo also tells you about a passenger on a flight that just chews his ass out but might have saved him at the airport. So that's in our bonus content, and you can find it at thebirtshow.com slash bonus ps
2: alright you All right, y'all. So this week on Mo will rap about your life. I, um, I didn't have to make much of a decision because, unfortunately, it was slim Pickens. And at the time that I went to decide on who I was going to choose to write about the rap, the one that was entered was from a listener named Shannon who simply wrote I think we all deserve for you to write us a rap about you failing dry January. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I'm, I'm here for that. Well
2: yeah. done. <laughs> right. And well, let's I, give you a little credit. I mean, you made it five days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, okay. and even more credit than that, I never said I was going to go far. <laughs> <Yeah>. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have expectations for myself. But I thought that would be funny. And I figured uh, better than me writing it for myself, because I could do that, why not have ChatGPT write it for me? <laughs> uh, okay. And even further than that, since it it has been said that all the minorities were the ones who failed it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what I wrote into ChatGPT was a black man, rap about a black man who failed (laughs) driving. So I just want to see how this is going to go. I want to see how far ChatGPT will take this. All I know so far is that for whatever reason, the um the standard black man name for Chat GPT is Ray. I don't know Ray. Ray. You're now you're
1: now
5: Ray. Well, I changed
2: it to Mo to oh. make it more personal to me. But but it was Ray. Okay. Just that's, <laughs> that's
1: that's so that's,
4: random.
2: That's just what they go with, I guess. <laughs> so here is what Chat Chat GPT came up about me Mo failing dry January, AKA Ray, AKA Ray. Oh, Check. Listen, look, let me tell a tale By the brother named Mo Who was set to sail in the dry January No bottles to unveil But he stumbled hard Hit a third rail Started strong With a goal in his mind No liquor, no beer, just water, no wine but the days passed, like the hands of time, and Mo got weak, lost his rhythm and his rhyme. Dry January, a challenge so clear, but Mo fell short, started shedding a tear. His resolve crumbled, the ending drawing near. A black man's struggle let the story <laughs> adhere. <laughs> Week one was easy, hit the track, determined and focused. There was no turning back, but the weekend hit, and his friends all attacked. With shots and cocktails, his willpower cracked. Mo tried to resist, said, no, I can't sip, but the peer pressure hit, like a sinking ship. One drink, then two, three, and a flip. On the fourth day, saw dry January slip. Now Mo's reflecting on the choices that he made. In the mirror of failure, his reflection is displayed. But setbacks are lessons never to evade. So lift your head up and don't let your dreams fade. Mo's setback ain't the end. It's just a pause. He'll learn from the stumble and reset his cause. Dry February's coming. Her new applause it's not. A second chance, no time for the flaws. Mo's still standing, though the challenge was tough. In the rapper redemption he will rise above no shame in the failure just a push and a shove dry january going, but most still enough oh <laughs> it did pretty good it did, it <laughs> it did, did pretty, pretty good. good i was actually shocked
1: it did pretty good now, I, now just because you had one drink you hung out with friends and had a drink we've uh-huh. talked about yes there's dry january but there's also a thing called damp january uh-huh. did you choose not to have any alcohol this past weekend
2: i did not have any alcohol this oh, past weekend see, actually. Really? so I, yeah but um Next weekend is coming, and this January is going to be wet. Yeah. <laughs> so here's another option that a listener hit me with
3: this week that makes even more sense than dry January. Okay, so dry January rolls around. What are we talking about? 30 days here, right? That's it. 31. 31 days. Okay, whatever it is. If you do dry week every month, it's way more days than just January. So now that you're out on the 5th, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. You just take one week off in February, one week off in March, one week off in April, and it's what, 84 days?
1: All right, there for a second, I thought you meant you only go dry for one week. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to add up. No, but no you're no. saying you allow yourself a beverage one week every month?
3: No, I'm saying what you first said. Oh, really? Is that you take a week off every month, and it ends up being 84 days of not drinking, whereas in January, it's only 31. Oh, I see your point.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Yeah. But you're drinking the rest of the days? Yeah. Okay. You're,
2: you're drinking for three weeks out of the month, <laughs> well, and you're taking wait, one week off. Wait, I, I You're going you're gonna to make sure you drink every other day. <laughs> I, I don't mean, think that <laughs> helps. I, <laughs> don't mean, think, is, I didn't know that was your math. It's not pure It's pure
1: math. It's <laughs> pure
3: math. You take one week off every
1: month. Every month. And then the other
3: three weeks,
1: you're just... I'm
4: not (laughs) saying
3: double up. I'm just saying drink like (laughs) you normally do. But
4: then you don't get the cumulative benefits of giving up alcohol for a month, which is like the clarity, like your body feels better. This dude couldn't even go five days. That's the wussification (laughs) of not drinking. It would be an improvement for
2: me. (laughs) The Burt Show.
1: We're kicking the show off with some listener drama, and it's actually a dad who is emailing for his daughter. She has this dream to have a career in New York City, and she's going to do interviews, but her boyfriend said if she's going, she's coming back to an empty house because they live in California. So the question is, you're with a guy, you have a dream, you want to go out to New York City and pursue that dream. He lives in California, and he actually says to you, hey, if you do this, then You're coming back to an empty house. I mean, that is... Talk about dramatic, for one. I understand if you want her to stay in California, but I think that might be a little harsh way of of going about it.
2: A little
0: bit.
1: Yeah. All right. So the email reads, Hey, Burt Show, longtime listener here. I'm emailing you in hopes that you and your listeners can help me answer my daughter's questions. She's been dating this guy for over six years. They live in San Francisco, and for their age, they're pretty successful. However, her dream has been to live and work in New York City since she was a teenager. She's asked him to move there and try it out for a year, and if they don't like it, they can move back. Finding a job is not an issue. He works remotely, but he refuses because he doesn't want to leave his friends and family behind, which I understand. The issue is that she has four job interviews scheduled for the first week of October and is set to fly out. But he told her that if she does interview, she will come home to an empty house, which we don't believe is fair. But I do understand that he's hurt that she was applying behind his back. Oh, she was applying behind his back. Okay, that changes Mm. things a little bit. The plot has started to thicken. Absolutely. She's afraid that if she does interview, no matter the outcome, she will come home to an empty house and lose him. And there's still a possibility she will not get the job. Would the women listening to the show go interview or would you plant your roots in San Fran? I forgot to mention that all her friends have left, which I believe is what motivated her to apply, and we, her family, all live in Arizona. Thank you for your input, Anonymous Dad. Okay, Mm. so we got a little more detail here um and like if roles were reversed and he went behind her back and applied and, and you know went out to was going out to do these interviews that i think we would have her back right mm-hmm. so i don't want the the gender roles to skew our to, to skew our take. We appreciate it. Yeah, that. pizza rolls, not gender rolls. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hashtag yes, all pizza rolls. Um, so, Abby, mm-hmm. your boyfriend says this
5: to you. Yes. Honestly, the fact that she did it behind his back really doesn't change things for me, and it wouldn't change things for me for him, too. She's a grown adult. They don't have any kind of legal commitment to each other, and really, uh, they could, both of them could walk at any point. I think he's being incredibly childish by saying that, you're going to come home to an empty house. Like, have you seen the real estate market? Like, how... how
1: <laughs> like especially how stu- in San
5: Francisco, it, the cost right? of living there
1: is through the roof.
5: How stubborn do you have to be to go out and find a new apartment just because your girlfriend wanted to do some job interviews? I think the hard truth, and I've, I said this yesterday, when you're in your 20s or when you haven't established your life, life yet... You have to not only find a partner that you're compatible with, but also find a partner that wants the same life as you. And they may just not want the same life, which is easier said than done to just say, like, we'll break up.
1: But I think she should go do the job interviews. I right, So, Mo, your girlfriend does this, does like sets up the job interviews behind your back. She wants to go apply in New York. and I mean, that is you don't really get further across country
2: Absolutely. than
1: that. Um, how would you react?
2: I would be hurt. I understand where he's coming from simply because, I, I mean, I believe that in a relationship we should be upfront with each other about anything that's life-changing. That's a big deal. That's just not something small. And it would send a clear message to me that you are more concerned about yourself than us, and you doesn't care what I feel or believe, which is fine. That's okay, but it would tell me something. Now, if I'm him, I'm not giving her an ultimatum. I think that's where he went wrong. I, I think if you're that hurt to the point where – she did something to where you're telling her if you do it, you would leave. You should just leave. Yeah. I don't think you should tell her like that if you do this, it will happen. You just do it and you allow her to live her life because she clearly is more concerned about her than the us factor.
4: I think after six years, it's very hard to face this truth. But you're going behind his back to do things. And it's a dream you've had since you were a teenager, which tells you it's important to you. And then he, like Mo said, is offering ultimatums. I think that you know in your heart the relationship has already started to degrade. Um, Because if you are happy in a relationship, you don't do this kind of thing and go behind backs and you don't offer ultimatums. So I think you really have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I want out of my life? But not only that, look at yourself in 20 years and say, will I regret not going to New York? And if the answer is yes, you have your answer. I think sometimes we stay in relationships when we have a good, what we see as a good partner or we've been there a long time because it makes sense on paper. And people are always trying to make relationships work. Whereas Abby said sometimes like your lives just don't align and he can be a great guy, just not a great guy for you. So i would honestly i would go to new york i would move i would live the life that i want and find someone who can fit into it and who i fit into their life and it doesn't mean you're a failure or that you hate your your boyfriend and it's sad some things come to an end but if i were her in retrospect with the knowledge i have now at this age that is what i would do
1: but you got to be prepared you go out there and interview and you don't get any of the jobs you're still in san francisco you know, if he doesn't want to be with you, then now you're just going to have to forge your own way in San Francisco on your own. Actually, I would just move to New York. Without a job?
4: hmm I mean, if you have some savings, obviously New York's expensive. But if you want to live in New York, you want to live in New York. There are plenty of jobs in New York. You may not get the one you want right out the gate. There's a way to make your living and then work your way into the job you want. So if you want that NYC life, move. I, it's so scary. But the one piece of advice I give to people younger than me is take the risk. Take the risk. While you can, while you're untethered, take the leap of faith because your life is going to be so much better for it. And if it doesn't, you have family in Arizona. Go stay with mom and dad.
2: The Bird Show.